0: rainmaker fm and welcome back to the writer files i am still your host kelton reed here to take you on another tour of the habits habitats and brains of renowned writers The recent Wallace Stegner Fellow at Stanford University and acclaimed author of the award-winning short story collection Hot Little Hands, Abigail Ullman, visited me this week to talk about having a beer with George Saunders, the life of a traveling freelancer, and the idiosyncrasies of great writers. In addition to being a freelance copywriter and screenwriter, the native Australian author and self-confessed gypsy has followed in the footsteps of other famous itinerant writers. At Stanford's two-year creative writing fellowship, she got the chance to study with great writers like Tobias Wolf and Calm Toy Bean. Other notable fellows, to name a few, have included Raymond Carver, Ken Kesey, Scott Turow, Thomas McGuane, and Larry McMurtry. Abigail's short stories invited the interest of publishers, and her first book, Hot Little Hands, went on to win her a 2016 Best Young Australian Novelist Award, and is a collection of heartbreakingly tender and often darkly funny fiction. Lena Dunham called it a highly-inventive collection of short fiction, which hits virtually all my buttons. In Publisher's Weekly said of the book, the captivating women in this collection leave a lasting impression. In part one of this file, Abigail and I discuss how a love of travel and words led her to Stanford University, the emotional challenges she faced finishing her first book. On the shift from the solitude of writing fiction to the collaborative nature of screenwriting how she tested out her interview skills on the biggest stage available and why she nerds out about her coffee ritual the writer files is brought to you by the all-new studio press sites a turnkey solution that combines the ease of an all-in-one website builder with the flexible power of wordpress it's perfect for authors, bloggers, podcasters, and affiliate marketers, as well as those selling physical products, digital downloads, and membership programs. If you're ready to take your WordPress site to the next level, see for yourself why over 200,000 website owners trust StudioPress. Go to rainmaker.fm studiopress now. That's rainmaker.fm studiopress. And if you're a fan of the writer files, please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published. All right. Welcome back to the Writer Files. I have a special guest on the show today coming to us live uh, all the way from Australia, Abigail Ullman. Thanks so much for popping on the show today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, Abigail is an award-winning acclaimed, uh, short story writer, Stegner fellow. I kind of feel like when I say Stegner fellow, it's almost like, um, the president, like once you're a Stegner fellow, like you're, it does that title just follow you around everywhere you go
1: i mean i hope it does <laughs> i'm a little bit worried that one day it's going to fall off the bio, but um <laughs> that's so cool. far it, it's been around and it's helpful yeah
0: <laughs> yeah that's pretty that's a pretty amazing story in and of itself but uh yeah abigail has led kind of an itinerant life of uh, i think um a traveling writer a lot of a lot of writers kind of would die to uh, do, but you follow in the footsteps of some literary greats. And, and, um, so I know you have lots of great stories to tell us, but, uh, yeah, your acclaimed debut collection, Hot Little Hands was, uh, released in paperback in the U S in March. And, um, yeah, thanks so much for coming on to talk to us about your writing process.
1: Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. I keep saying here, but I'm actually there. I'm very <laughs> far away from you. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, we're lucky uh, we're Lucky that she got are on the call. So, um, yeah, uh, recently you did the Sydney's Writers Festival, I understand, and interviewed some, some big names. Did you get a chance to um, – I know you interviewed Britt Bennett, and uh, mm-hmm. did you get a chance to meet, like, George Saunders or anybody else huge?
1: I did. I met George Saunders, but only for the, like – you know 10 seconds it takes for somebody to sign a book i waited in the queue like everybody else and then um he signed he signed my book we were both drinking a beer um i was yeah i was like wandering around i was like standing in the queue drinking a beer which was a little little (laughs) less um classy and subtle than george sitting at the table signing books and sipping a beer but yeah we just chatted about the beer we were drinking i think he actually worked with tobias wolf who i was lucky enough to work with at i worked with him at Stanford and George Saunders worked with him at Syracuse and now they're very good friends still um, so we talked about that for about five seconds and then he and then he said to me, my wife also knows Tobias Wolf so go and find her and talk about him because he had to sign, you know, a hundred books after mine, so um, yeah so that Amazing. was that whole conversation, but it was great
0: That's so cool, I mean, he always strikes me as just like um, the writer's writer you know, like when you see him on like the, you know, like the cover of a, a writing magazine, it's like kind of like the um, I don't know just the epitome of uh, uh, a writer I guess so
1: he really is and I saw him I saw him speak in Melbourne the week before the festival in Sydney and then I managed to get a ticket to see him again in Sydney because he's just so amazing. If any of your listeners ever have a chance to to see him speak live he yeah. really is the writer's writer and he's so he's just so funny and wise and warm. And you know, humble and brilliant, and it's just—it was so inspiring. I was taking notes on my phone. I felt like an undergrad or something. I was just like, he was just giving all of these pearls of wisdom. I had to get it all down. So um, and my friend was like, "It'll probably be a podcast. You don't have to write it all down." But I was like, George, I need to keep these words forever. Yeah. He really, he's just so amazing. So, yeah, yeah,
0: brilliant, <laughs> brilliant man. Um, well, this podcast is about you, so we don't need to go on about George, but. Um, Yeah, uh, I'd love to kind of go back a little bit into your origin story because you have such a fascinating story. Um, And I said itinerant because you've kind of been a world traveler, but you have these amazing stories about... Um, your time in France, obviously getting it, the, the Stegner Fellowship, uh, which if listeners don't know, is a two year creative writing fellowship at Stanford University that's had some amazing uh, notable, uh, including you mentioned Tobias Wolff, I think was your mentor. Is that right?
1: That's right yeah, yeah. And think, and, but, he, but he was also a Stigna fellow once upon a time. That's right so, yeah, uh, yeah
0: Raymond Carver, Ken Kesey, I mean the list goes on and on. Larry McMurtry. Um, I know I'm only mentioning men but I'm, I know there's been lots of famous women writers that have, have done it anyway. Um, so take us back a little bit like how did you end up there and, and to where you are now this, this award-winning uh, short fiction writer and, and then you know we'll get into what you're doing lately.
1: Sure. Well, um, yeah, as you mentioned, I've just always had a real fascination with travel. Um, so, and a lot of Australians, you know, Australians are sort of famous for saving up a bunch of money and then going away for a really long time because we live so far from most places. So we tend to sort of go, go away for a while. We can't just kind of pop to another country for a couple of days. (laughs) We don't have any borders with other countries like you guys do. Um, So yeah, so I've just been really fascinated with it for a long time and started to do it when I was pretty young. I I took a gap year between high school and university and saved and traveled and then pretty much I've been doing it um, at every opportunity since. Um, So And also, I guess there are a few things that that I have in place that allow for that, Um, for example, um I don't really have any student debt which is helpful <laughs> yeah. um because yeah when I went to university it was it was heavily subsidized by the government and um I do freelance copywriting which means I can kind of take that with me if I'm organized enough and do it from anywhere so that helps yeah. um that I can kind of work along the way but yeah so pretty much the last bunch of years have been sort of me yeah kind of being in Australia and saving up and then travelling and um it's certainly something that is really stimulating and um yeah, really feeds my writing. Um so yeah, so basically I kind of did that before university and then as much as I could during and then afterwards. And um yeah, and I really all of that time, you know, especially after university, I was like, I wanna be a writer, I wanna be a writer and I was sort of travelling around and working and people would be like, well, what are you you writing? And I was just really working on like, I was just writing my travel journal basically, which is mainly just complaining about the other people in the youth hostel who were like getting up really really early and like rustling their plastic bags and waking me Um, or just like postcards and emails to people at home. So I wasn't really writing at all, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So... So yeah, eventually I kind of came back to Australia and um, applied for a bunch of master's programs in creative writing, but I wasn't, I mean, I was, I was excited about it, but our, our writing programs tend to push you towards being um, fairly academic, you know, there's a lot of theory involved and your thesis has to be half creative, half theoretical, and then there has to be sort of a bridging bridging document that talks about how your research has informed your creative work, so I had kind of over the years read a lot of um, really when I first started falling in love with short fiction, I had started reading the um, the best American short stories series that I'd just kind of come across and really yeah. fallen in love with short fiction that way and then I started reading the contributor's notes at the end of the anthologies and so started to be like, you know where are these where, where are these places like? Syracuse, New York and Bloomington, Indiana and just these like small college towns that people, that these writers were were living and teaching in and then I was like, what is an MFA and what are these fellowships and I just kind of started looking into all of that stuff and then, um, yeah, and then I think that I applied for three MFAs and the Stegner Fellowship and to be honest, I don't think I really understood properly what any of those things (laughs) were. I only applied for the ones that didn't require a GRE because... Um, I can't do maths, and I was really terrified of just that whole <laughs> process. So um, yeah, so I think I probably thought the Stigma Fellowship was an MFA. Or, I don't really know. I just knew it was sort of this concentrated time of yeah. of two years of writing, and I knew that, that it funded, which was which was important. So um, yeah, so I kind of just like sent off my applications, and then and then really forgot about them <laughs> until I got until I got the phone call, amazing. which was amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, since then you have written this great collection of short stories hot little hands and um gotten quite a bit of acclaim uh so let's talk a little bit about that i mean uh you know it's been described as heartbreakingly tender and often darkly funny fiction fresh tick on the experiences of contemporary young women And, uh, you know, Publishers Weekly book list kind of raved about it. Um, got some, got some interesting players. I think the the Lena Dunham one is kind of interesting. And I know you've talked about how, uh, you didn't want to be (laughs) kind of put in the same box (laughs) as that, but, uh, the book is great. I will point out, of course, in the show notes, but yeah, uh, I understand you got the book deal just based on a couple short stories that you'd written, um, and then took some time to do it.
1: Yeah. Well, first I should say about the Lena Dunham thing is that what was really funny was that um, was that I sort of had quite a few stories written already, and then that show her show Girls started, and then people were, um, you know, just like happily texting me and calling me and saying like, oh, this show reminds me so much of your fiction. And then, of course, that was making me so anxious because I thought, well, maybe it's going to make my work redundant. And I think actually just that moment in time caused a lot of anxiety for a lot of like creative young women. Oh, sure. Um, so I didn't even watch the show because I thought, oh, you know, these scenes that people are saying are very similar. I'm going to have to feel like I have to take them out of my book because <laughs> what is a tiny book of short stories compared to like a massive HBO show? Um, but actually like, yeah, that's what was so amazing actually about when the, um, I mean, and I, you know, I think when, when you're a young woman writing about contemporary young women and sex and relationships, you do sort of inevitably get compared to Lena Dunham at the moment. <laughs> right. But that's sort of true of like, I don't know. I just feel like, our, our media outlets, or reviewers, or whatever, whoever it is, are just kind of like lazy. So I think it's probably the same. If you're a young <laughs> guy writing about like a road trip, then you're going to be compared to Jack Kerouac. It's just like we right. have our like you know ten archetypal writers, and you're going to get compared to one of them. But um, but that was what was cool is that like Lena Dunham wrote about it in wrote about my book briefly in her. Lenny letter thing and I was like that's just yeah that's like so that, I felt like there was a lesson to be learned in that just in terms of like someone who can make you someone, someone that can make you really anxious or that you're worried is gonna it's gonna make your work redundant can actually just like be really generous with you and like <laughs> you know make space for you and recommend your work to others and that yeah. was a real sort of like lesson to me and how to be a good yeah how to be a good sort of creative person in the community
0: that's cool. anyway
1: but back to your other question I am um, yeah, I I did sell my book unfinished. I was really lucky. I sold it to Penguin Australia and it was six stories long at the time and we decided that I needed about three more. And then I said, oh, yeah, that'll probably take me about six months was the time that I gave myself <laughs> to do that in. Right. And then literally years went by. Like I just was – I got really – sort of like emotionally paralysed. I have to say emotionally paralysed because I always say I got really paralysed and then people think that I actually physically got paralysed and that's just like <laughs> then I have to spend a lot of the story kind of like undo- undoing that impression. So no, I was like sort of emotionally paralysed because Before that, you know, like with everybody else, I think, um, like writing, even though I'd been sort of sometimes anxious about it or uncertain, it had been very playful and I'd just been able to kind of write whatever I wanted without sort of thinking about an audience and certainly not thinking about like a publisher reading it and what it would mean that this would definitely be in a book. So um, I was really lucky to get that book deal. But then once I had it, I just sort of every time I sat down to write, I would think, oh, my God, like. They're waiting for it. I would think about my specific publisher who's wonderful, but who, my my Australian publisher, um, but who had told me sort of over our lunch when we were celebrating the fact that he was going to buy my book, he'd kind of told me which stories he liked the most and what he liked about them. And so, like, of my of my unfinished manuscript. And so then I was like, well, he liked that one. So I was kind of second-guessing everything and thinking, like, I've got to write something else like that to make him happy because kind of he owns it now. And anyways, I really got in my own way for, like, years and years <laughs> and years. And, years. <laughs> and, it was, and I really, in that time, I just thought, like, I might not finish it. And, and that is why when people were like, oh, this reminds me so much of this new TV show, I was like, oh, my God. Uh, like, <laughs> I'm never going to finish it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so, so yeah, it was, um, it was kind of a, it was kind of a trying time. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, that's cool. So, so obviously finished the book and, uh, you know, we talk about writer's block some on this show, so we can, we can circle back to that when we Mm -hmm. kind of dig into your process a little bit more. So what are you working on now? Um, that, uh, that's all behind you and, um, you've successfully published and, and are you working on another book? Are, I know you talked about doing some film projects based on some of your short stories. Um, what yeah, do you have to? that's
1: actually, those are my two projects at the moment. So one of them is um, a novel. And the so the short story collection, Hot Little Hands is about adolescent girls, like teen girls and women in their 20s. And um, and the, the novel is kind of about two characters who are sort of in the next stage of life. So kind of going in like 30s, mid 30s kind of, age and stage Mm -hmm. um so that's that's really nice and then i mean like that's really nice to just be working on a new project and then um and then yeah i was actually contacted by a theater director in sydney um who wants to move into film and had read my book and thought that some of the stories would adapt well into 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 the film format so um yes i'm working with her at the moment and i am yeah i'm working on the two screenplays one short film and one feature and that's been really great because it's a it's a collaboration and you know she's given me feedback about how she thinks the stories might um, benefit from being changed you know in the in the adaptation and um, that's just like really exciting to kind of firstly I think have give these stories hopefully more life in the world and yeah. have more people experience them and then secondly um, just to be working with someone else because one thing that really I find difficult about The writing, yeah, writing books is just how much solitude there is involved in it. Um, And because I'm freelance, I'm I'm really like as a copywriter, I'm really only in an office one day a week with one client, and the rest of the time I just work from home or cafes or wherever I am. Yeah. So there's so it's been really great to um yeah to actually like work with another human being in real time and feel like we're sharing a project. That's really nice.
0: That's cool. So you're shifting gears. It sounds like daily, weekly. Um, so that's that's kind of good for your brain. I think going from fiction to copywriting and then back to screenwriting, which is a completely different type of writing, right? Um, it's far more yeah. far more kind of uh, uh, you know the, the, the form itself is kind of limiting but also liberating because you can kind of go anywhere and do anything with that camera. So. P- pretty cool. yeah it's
1: true and it is um it definitely like is a new skill and i think because i kind of committed so much of <laughs> the last bunch of years to just working on fiction and just working on that short story collection which was very challenging it is really interesting to kind of be in the world in a different way now and be like yeah like re- working on a screenplay and just realizing like oh i'm gonna be bad at this <laughs> until i'm good at it yeah. and even with the sydney Writers' Festival. That was like the first bunch of times. I mean, I had only moderated a panel once before. And so that was also a new skill of like working out how to be an interviewer and then, and then even like discovering whether or not I liked it and was good at it. And that's just really nice. Kind of like, I feel like a little bit coming out of my, <laughs> coming out of my like short story oh, writing cave cool. and just like trying new stuff and being challenged. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and that's a big stage to test that out. <laughs> that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really. was. Well, I know. I was like, I felt so lucky that they gave me such great, famous writers to interview. But yeah, yeah it felt like a really big stage. Like, it's like, if I'm not, if, if I discover I'm not good at this, I'm discovering it of, <laughs> like hundreds, hundreds of people. And then but I think it does get podcasts. So like, yeah, potentially just like, you know, endlessly thousands of people who can always. You know listen to this
0: yeah that's decades great. from
1: now if they want to but for yeah sure but, I'll, but yeah I did I, I did end up enjoying it which is um which was lucky and good
0: nice nice well I'll drop a link to those uh, podcasts also um, for the Sydney's Writers Festival because I know that they put are put up periodically so it'd be great to hear you on those um cool so uh you know I mean You could briefly just walk us through like a a writing day for you, Um, whether it's fiction or uh, screenwriting, kind of how do you get prepped? How do you get psyched up to sit down and actually get going? Do you have any pregame rituals? or?
1: I do. So um, this is maybe kind of nerdy or very specific (laughs) anyway, but I'm like really, really, really obsessed with coffee. Um, And that kind of like affects... Like, even when I travel and or when I live in other places, I always, I'm just sort of like tracking where is the good coffee, if any, and kind of, um, yeah, and sort of um, devising my itinerary that way, (laughs) that way sometimes. And also, my main copywriting job is that I I write copy for um, a coffee, like a roastery in Melbourne that, that has like a bunch of cafes. So, and I've been doing that for about 10 years, so I know like a lot about coffee and Feel like a little bit involved in that community. Anyway, so this is this, this is that's all oh, that is nerdy. But the nerdiest part is that like my whole ritual is that like I put the kettle on in the morning. I like weigh my beans to make sure I have like the right the right amount of beans. <laughs> then I like use a hand grinder to like hand grind it like in my kitchen, and then I brew it using you know, the pour over method. But the the nice thing about that is, and I just kind of, I tend to think that rituals, it doesn't really matter what they are. It's just the process of like having a ritual that kind Uh of like probably just, you know, like maybe gets your, rain going yeah. um, or kind of gets you in the mood or right headspace or the mood or whatever that is. So anyway, so I kind of do that every morning and it's a portable setup. So I do it even when I'm traveling, if I can find clean water sure. um, and a way to heat it. So yeah, that's that's kind of what I do first. And I, I usually listen to like a podcast or music or something at that point too. And then, yeah, and then I sit down and like I'll eat breakfast and drink coffee while I write. And um, that's how I spend the first few hours of my day nice. and having said that that maybe all sounds like idyllic and like it always works but i but there's always a battle of like am i going to check my phone first thing and am i going to respond to whatever texts or emails or like am i going to look at twitter and feel anxious about u.s politics and you know like that, like, yeah. that's always a battle that i feel like i fight and usually lose every single morning so yeah that's going on as well as the coffee grinding
0: especially now in this fraught time of history Jeez
1: yeah it's so hard to turn away
0: it's so hard to turn away and forget the woes of the planet
1: (laughs) yeah it really yeah it really it really is and i feel like no matter where you live it's bad because if you live on the east coast of the states then you know you're dealing with it in real time if you're up at the same time that like your president is awake then you're like Mm. dealing with whatever's happening on twitter and then if you're like you you know you're in the wait you're in the west right is Um, denver considered west are you in denver
0: it is uh, technically in the West, but yeah, I'm in the Mountain time zone, so I'm not. I'm not Pacific. Um, I'm one hour. I'm two hours from Eastern time so Okay, like, yeah.
1: yeah so yeah so when you wake up or when people on the west coast of the states wake up then yeah then it's like you know it's all been happening so then you get all the commentary right. of like what everyone's been saying but in australia it's like trump starts tweeting like now so it's like you know pretty late <laughs> and pretty late at night and that's yeah. also like, like that can like affect my ability to sleep sometimes if it's a really bad news cycle
0: yeah So yeah,
1: yeah it's never it's never good for anybody but it's also hard to look away
0: for sure for sure Thanks so much for joining us for this half of a tour of the writer's process. If you enjoy The Writer Files, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts to help other writers find us. And for more episodes or just to leave a comment or a question, you can always drop by writerfiles.fm and chat with me on Twitter at Calton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week.